cuts with Elliot, Steve, and Joe. We can laugh and cry and talk all day while Steven picks his nose. I hope that I will ready for the Valley Cats. The boys got quite a show. Hi, stop. Just How are you, my love? Down and listen I'm good. In. Watch How are you, far, Steven Just good? Yeah. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Guys, welcome to the Valley Cast. Um, this one, this is a special one. We're back to kind of like our quarantine cuties episodes, and uh, today is Alana and I, and we're on the balcony of my palatial estate apartment in the San Fernando Valley. So if you hear car noises or birds, or honking horns, or screaming COVID-19 maniacs. It's because we're out on my balcony. But it's such a beautiful day, and also the apartment is shit. It's garbage shit. Oh, thank you for doing that. Yeah, that's probably nicer. <laughs> anyway, um, welcome to the Valley Cast. Me? Oh, thank you. We're um, joined again by Alana Fickus, my beautiful, wonderful girlfriend. Thank you. And uh, Joe and I were talking this morning a little bit about, um, well, first of all, it's Saturday? Sunday. Sunday. It's Sunday. <laughs> God. It was already hard for me to remember what day it was. Mm-hmm. And now that I, that I am in a quarantine, it's 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Anyway. So it's Sunday, and usually we record the Valley Cast on like Wednesday or Crumpets Day. Crumpets Day, which is Thursday for you non-octogenarians. But um, a beard pro Crumpets Day, nothing beats it. Beard pro. Oh yeah, we got to talk about beard pro. <laughs> Alana and I have been slowly going insane together in quarantine, but we're having a great time. And the other day we were talking about God knows what, but it led us to beard prill, which is... Well, say it right. Beard prill. Beard prill. Yeah, but we don't <laughs> want people to be like, what the fuck are they saying? I got to say it right, because it's April beard. <laughs> you explain it. Oh, this April is the month of beard prill, because we are in our homes of growing our beard prills. Alana, your beard looks great. Thank you. You can't see it, because the shot is... Waist up. My actual beard is one hair. I have every month one darkened longer hair grows out of my beard area under chin. Thankfully, it's under the chin. And I usually catch it and pluck it every once a month. But every now and then it grows to the second month and it's a little longer. Didn't darkened longer hair open for Evanescence? Yes. (laughs) 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 I'm a witch and so are you. Anyway, so... uh, (laughs) We usually record this early, well, you know, mid to the end of the week now. We mm-hmm. push it sometimes, and we're sorry about that, Ryan. Because push Ryan, it real good. Ryan Faroki edits the video portion of this podcast, and uh, it's expected to be up. Yeah. Along with the audio. And uh, Oh, so sometimes it's not. Well, no, I mean, it's it's if it's not, it's not Ryan's fault. It's our fault. But this time... <laughs> Joe texted me early in the morning. I was doing watchdowns for this week's Your Show. What's a watchdown? Watchdown is when you watch a, an edit, and then you, you like review it, and you give your notes. And then, you never heard of that? Nope. 
Oh. You watch it down. It happened a lot at SourceFed. Oh, really? Yeah. Was Do it- your watch downs. Every host that wrote the, uh, I mean, this happened kind of later on, but. Well, I get the concept. I've just never that heard that term. A, a piece went, went into the editor's room and did a, did a watch down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was doing watch downs on your show, which by the way, Kib, Clayton James. Cloddy boy. Is our special guest. And we shot it so long ago. And man, it's so good. Kate edited it. Edited it. Edited it. And it looks so good. And I'm so proud of her. And Kate has grown so much. What a peachy. From when we hired her as essentially a... What do they call those people that get coffee? A PA. We hired her as a PA. And now she's like... An amazing editor, producer now she's person. breaking down brick walls. Um, but she's grown so much, and uh, her batch of your shows are very, very good. And there's some really fun moments. But I was watching it, and it made me really sad because I miss my friends. I miss The Office, even though it's very close. And it's on Netflix. <laughs> Get out of here with that shit. Get out of my whole. I'm town. trying to say something serious right now. You understand? So schooled me. I might need to get sunglasses soon. What? Am I hitting more sun than you with my eyes? What are you eyes? a mogwai? It's like we're in the shade. Yeah. Well, I'm a mogwai. What's? Why does that? Okay. Don't you remember mogwais? Can't they're allergic to bright light? No, I don't remember what a mogwai is. I just well, know the word. Well, you're from Hawaii. You don't need sunglasses. Your eyes are acclimated to the sun. I think they've acclimated to the pain. Yeah. Well, open them up. Those eyes can use some They're UV rays. Crying. They're very nice. <laughs> can you see the tears UV rays in are them? nice for your eyes. Um, I don't know if that's true. Anyway, we're not going to be out here for long, for fuck's okay, sake. Okay, go ahead. Um, if you it's need your not, sunglasses, just, you can. The problem is, is we are entangled amongst a bunch of wires. Yeah, and I might not look you in the face at all because it's brighter over here. Okay, I might yeah, just whatever. look down. I'm used to you not looking me in the face. That's not true. <laughs> I know it's not true, but <laughs> it made me miss my friends. And Kate did a great job on the edit. And Kib and I uh, did. I'll show you the your show if you want to okay, see it. Yeah. But um, Kib and I did like an improvised song for the beginning of the of first episode, did. and it's so fun. And yeah. I really like it. And I think about Clay a lot. Because he's a very fun boy, and he's very great, and he's very funny. I love him. He's a sweet Canadian boy. I really love him. He's a little maple leaf. (laughs) And uh, I just want to squeeze him and keep him in a jar in my cabinet and pour him all over my pancakes. I just love that squisher. We're running low on syrup, so. We certainly are, and that boy bleeds, Caney Dean. So, uh, anyway, but... uh, He's a great kid, and we improvised some great music together, and I was like, one day after we had, it might have been even that time, I don't even remember when we shot it. I think Joe was out for some reason, and that's when, I think, that's when, oh, it had to have been right after Christmas, actually, because I just got that new amp. I got it for myself. Oh. And, uh. Franuary. Yeah, it might have been early, early January or very after, right after Christmas or something. Early, early January or right after Christmas. <laughs> yeah, which would be late December, I guess. Mm. But uh, anyway, God, this is so interesting, I know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is is that as soon as he left, I was just thinking about how fun the, the songs we did were. And I was like, dude, we should make an album together. 
And he was like, absolutely, I'm down. You just tell me when. And I my feel the thing, same way. Absolutely, I'm down to hear that album. You tell me well, when. Thank you, make you sweet it. angel. Please make it. It's a dream. I want to hear it. I, I used to have a really good relationship with this amazing guitar player guy. And I won't say his name because... Because how rude! Will be able to locate this person in in my and it's not I'm not throwing shade or anything, but we grew, ooh spill we, the tea. We were very we had a special dynamic together, and we wrote really fun improvised songs together. I'm not talking about Owen. Owen doesn't play the guitar. He does, but uh, no, he doesn't. Oh, he certainly does not. And uh, so me and this guy were really great. Uh, comedy team together and uh, wrote some great improvised songs and I had a, the best times the best musical times of my life just jamming with this guy but he's now gone off to do his own thing and he's not dead or anything but we can't work <laughs> together anymore and I get that feeling a little bit from Clay not that he's going to go away and we're not going to work together anymore I hope not but that we improvise really well together and some magical stuff. And he's so musically talented. And he's got his own band and music shit going really? on. Yeah. Oh. Um, and uh, his music's great. And he's a great musical artist. And uh, and so I feel very much the same when I play with him. Like I felt with my old pal who we grew apart from. Or we grew apart from each other. But we made some really fun stuff and uh, I can only imagine what Kib and I could come up with. It's a special unique thing that you have found in each other. And yeah. I think you should go forth. And yeah. I think your album art should be a maple leaf and a strawberry. I love that idea. <laughs> Cause I'm a, Oxnard an Oxnard boy. strawberry. Yeah. An You're o an Oxnard strawberry and he's a maple leaf. <laughs> he's a maple leaf. That's cute. You can even put eyes on him. That's just, I don't know if that'll make a cool <laughs> album cover, but I think <laughs> it's cool. It's an interesting concept. Yeah, I like it. If or you, you could, could call your band the leaf and the strawberry or something. Maple strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> the maple strawberry, strawberry pie. The maple strawberry. <laughs> That is just fun to put mouth words Jojo, to. Maple strawberry sounds so good. Jojo, so fun. Jojo and the maple strawberries. Who's Jojo? I don't know. Who cares? Well, you know Jojo the singer. You should just get her involved. I don't know who the fuck Jojo is. Don't look at me like I know that. <sighs> anyway. I'm going to sneeze from all this um, sun. But yeah, anyway, I'll, I'm done sucking off Clay, <laughs> but he's a great kid. And I'll tell you what, every once in a while, some people come along like Clay and Will and uh, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, there's others, but but Will comes to mind too. But these young, talented kids kind of like come into my tractor beam and then we become close friends and then we make cool shit together. And I really feel like that f with Kib, which you is kind like of like giving a, a big old kiss. I know what you're talking about exactly. Yeah. I have unique relationships like that as yeah. well. And that's why I'm Everybody saying. Everybody does. Yeah, I think. it is unique when it happens. You Can I grab my sunnies? Wow, you're really going there, I'm, huh? like, sneezing now. There's so much All light right, in my go eyes. Do what you got to do. But tell everybody... Oh, tell everybody about our perfect yesterday. Okay. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yesterday was a Saturday. Hello, everybody. You're doing great. We're getting intimate here because it's just me and you. Yesterday was a perfect Saturday, and I'm very excited you're to report what happened. <laughs> we woke up, woke up late, slept in. Ooh, felt so very good. Woke up, had a lovely day. Guess what? The sun was in a perfect spot to tan on the balcony. Oh, don't I love it. I came out to tan on the balcony. I usually am the one cooking in general between us during this quarantine. But Steve got inspired and said, I'm going to cook us a great breakfast. So Steve's cooking up the most delicious bacon, 
some ham, some like thick, juicy, nice quality ham, some leftover veggies in a deliciously spiced way. Oh, my sunnies. And he did the perfect breakfast thing where he cooked for him what he likes and cooked for me what I like, which I like a meat, protein, and veg. That's what I like all the time. Unfortunately, I'm not a huge breakfast meats person because I just, or breakfast food person because I just like that. But Steve loves eggs. I can't believe he put it on the record. <laughs> Steve loves eggs, which I don't like, and he loves the breakfast food. So he did the perfect thing where he was able to cook for the both of us. I love an egg. I love Van Egg. I love eggs. <laughs> <laughs> So then he comes outside and... All right. Well, all the fucking Harley Davidson The motor boys. Gang. The motor boys are here. So Steve comes outside with our breakfast, and we're just standing outside eating the most delicious food. It was so well cooked, so beautiful. Thank you, my boy. Thank you, my dang boy. Delicious. And then we went to watch a movie that we had been excited to watch. Nobody had plans that got in the way. It seamlessly rolled from breakfast to perfect timing to watch this movie. And as we pulled out the movie getting ready to watch, we stirred together the ingredients for a banana bread, which I've never made before. A we talk a BB. A gluten-free banana bread, because I'm a gluten-free baby girl. A gluten-free BB. A G-free BB. A G-free BB. I like G-free that. BB. Jeffrey BB. And I had recently found the flour that I love most at the, at the store on our last grocery run. So we were, had the ability. We're going to make a banana bread. So excited. Oh, look, more roller boys. I love you, too. You mother. Okay, so then we put. You know, I, if those are the <laughs> Wens dads, but it's Sunday, so now they're the Sun dads, then I'm going to be pretty upset about it. Listen, I've been out here tanning every day. They've not stopped. Every day of the week, there's at least a few of them. There's no way these fucking guys are social distancing. Oh, they probably are. They're just not distanced from their motorbikes. I mean, I get it. I respect it. you got to get outside more often when you can during Absolutely, this. Absolutely, I agree I with that. I feel it. But just be responsible. We're not through this thing yet. But it's annoying for us who have to hear them more often now. I'm okay with that. I don't. Oh, I mean, I don't know. Me. I, I guess it's just, <laughs> it's annoying when you're like doing a podcast <laughs> yeah but when you're not doing a podcast it's like whatever dude is this on or do you have to turn it on i can oh, turn okay. it on for no, you no it's okay i'll do it i'll oh, do okay. it when the time is right all right so we have a delicious breakfast we go and we bake this banana bread i'm doing the main baking but steve is my assistant because he's helping me with the mixing if y'all know i'm a good assistant crunching up bananas etc is not fun for your arms and after especially a while. when you're using a spoon well, because we don't we have don't that have, many tools. We don't have cooking tools. We're ordering people, so we don't have so many. Steve was using a spoon and a mixing bowl. Anyway, we... we yeah, I crushed f- like three bananas in a mixing bowl with a spoon. Yeah. A- and it came I mean, out cut them up first. fucking perfect. Do you know what's harder than that? Crushing up... Uh, <laughs> all I can think of is tomato. Potatoes to make... Um, Mashed potatoes, like the literal mashing of potatoes, even with a really nice tool, is ten times harder than mashing a banana. I'll tell you, Was I've it done Biggie it. Biggie, who said, "I'm not a player; I just crush a lot." Anyway, anyway, uh, we had a great Saturday. We Let's, made the banana bread, and it was the best thing I've ever had. And we ate the absolute living fuck out of it with salted butter. It was warm as fuck. It came right out of the oven, and I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, it was the best. 
either of us has ever had. G-free BB I ever had in my life. It, and I've never had that many G-free BBs. It might be the best thing. I, I just, the it, maybe it was the magic of the moment. I'm telling you, every bite we took, every single bite, Steve and I just silently, the, the movie was paused, everything's off, silent. Steve and I just kept looking at each other, just like... The magic of like, the moment is my favorite Disneyland parade. <laughs> sure. We totally looked at each other in it such was just disbelief. In absolute surprise, awe, love, fulfilled feeling. I have rarely had such a like lengthy time feeling that blissful. It was perfect. It was just and then you take another bite and you're like, surely this can't beat the last. And it does. It was Somehow. perfect. It was perfect. There was unstoppable smiles. It was perfect. Yeah. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we had a great Saturday, and you're the one that told me to talk about it. I know you're trying to end it. No, no, I'm glad you did. I just, I'm I, glad you I did. it's not what I wanted to talk about this okay, whole let's episode. Get to I it. just wanted you to talk about something while I went to go get your fucking sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. By the way, it's so much better. You're welcome. Do you feel better with yours too? I mean, don't lie. Honestly, not really. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. You know that episode of Between Two Ferns when Charlize Theron is the guest? Yeah. And she's has that sweat drip and she leans in and whispers into Zach Galifianakis' ear about the sweat dripping between her legs? Yeah, yeah. That's happening to me from my armpit down my loose-sleeved arm all the way up out here. And I'm like reaching in to wipe it. Right right here. Yeah, from my it's very hot. All the way down to here. Suddenly it became the summer overnight. Yeah. And it's not great. It's steamy. But, um... The reason why it's not great is because the AC's blasting now, which I love me some AC. I think it's the greatest modern invention of our time. Truly, Debatable. I think, I think okay. air conditioning is the greatest invention of the modern age. Okay. <laughs> Fight me, bro. But, uh, okay. You know, it doesn't, it, it ain't free, kids. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. I wanted to talk to you a little bit. You, you were gonna, you were starting out by saying you spoke to Joe, and well, I think yeah, you were Joe heading toward. Joe and I toward... talked this morning, and Joe was like, "Oh shit, we didn't do the podcast." Oh. And I was like, "Uh oh, it's Sunday, and it's supposed to go up tomorrow for patrons." Uh oh. And um, so I was like, "I can do this time. I can do that time." Joe's like, "I can do this time." Elliot's nowhere to be found. <laughs> Elliot fell in a lake. Elliot put our our friend text thread on mute (laughs) (laughs) that's how elliot's coping with covid he's like listen guys not not right now he's social distancing (laughs) even on the phone from us he's being extra careful (laughs) he is being extra careful well i hope it serves um no it was like 9 a.m and it's sunday he's probably sleeping or some shit but um the point i'm trying to make is probably hot tub we were trying to figure this shit out more likely yes but we were trying to figure this shit out and i was like oh you know what i'll just record it with alana and we'll do another like quarantine bay podcast that's too many high fives i love them we don't need to keep high-fiving on the podcast. Okay, I will. I thought the high-fives was just for us. It is just for I us. I thought it was a special thing. Alana and I have gotten into the habit of high-fiving during what Let's movies Let's be honest shit. to how this started. This I know is that an you've Alana done it with your mom. Thing. I know. This I is know. an age-old tale of when I feel very close to somebody and I'm watching a movie and the moments in the movie excite me. I will make the person next to me that I feel very bonded and close to high-five me. Usually it's my mom. And she just looks at me. My favorite part of this process is when the person you're going to high five looks at you and just goes, 
It's like excited and confused at why you're holding nobody, up your hand at nobody them. Nobody expects that many high fives. Even in one. A, in even a, one. You're watching a movie. Nobody's expecting a high five. And if they don't want to offer you the five, I pick their hand up and I put it up so that I can five it. I'll and truly, by the end of the movie, that's <laughs> the only thing you're doing is picking their hand up and forcing a five. I but it brings joy. It makes you happy. makes the other person happy. It makes me so happy. Can I be honest with you? If, if you tell you, you me you don't like it, no, I know you're I lying. I love it. Of okay. course I love it. Of course I love it. All right. But I love it for a very specific reason. Because of my <laughs> excitement. Um. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. But the other, the most important reason is is that you're doing it not in a in a very serious way. I'm doing it cuz I just feel the I feel the actual <laughs> burst of fun yes, coming out of me and know, I need to express it through a high five. But you also know how ridiculous it is and you're aware of that. Yeah. And who it's cares? funnier because of that. But if we were on date 2 and you did that and it wasn't because it wasn't like unironically if it wasn't because it's I'm not doing it ironically well, I'm just I know you're not doing it ironically but you're aware of it you're aware of how ridiculous it is yes everyone should do things that they feel are ridiculous even if they yes, know they I know, are but if that's you not feel the, point the loving to urge to do it of course and I, more power to you and I'll God bless you for it but the point I'm trying to make is is there are many people out there who aren't doing that because they know it's also ridiculous. They're doing it because they think it's cool to do that or human to do that. But I gotta say, I don't care. I think if you're doing it for that reason, every bit of my heart is with you. Go for I know, it. But I don't think but you should feel me, like you're judging judgmental in any way. I'm saying you're a bad person stuff. because of it. I'm I don't just think saying you're a bad person either. If I'm not we were on, saying that. I'm just saying if we were on date two okay. and your high five was you thought that was cool uh-huh. and it and not a funny kind of ridiculous thing. Well now you're getting to something different. I'd if be I like, was goodbye. If I was doing it out of thinking it was cool, the entire experience would be different. That's even what now I'm saying. even That's now what I'm on year whatever, not date yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it would still be not that. cool to be doing it because it's right, cool. Right, right. You have to do That's it because what you feel the, <laughs> right. the love bursting from your soul <laughs> right. and it needs to express. Right. Yeah. Like but if I Malcolm think- came over for the first time for us to hang out in person and we were watching a movie and he put his hand out for a high five, I'd be like, oh, man, is this, he's going to want a high five? Well, first I'd be like, <laughs> okay, I'll high five and why not? I love a high five. But if it kept <laughs> happening, I'd be like, oh, we're never hanging out again. <laughs> well I have no shame but the fact that first of all you're a beautiful woman and you're hey, self-aware that's not the reason well I didn't say, I was going you on you just did say it but I was I going on I wasn't saying just because you're a beautiful woman you get away with it okay go ahead I had a whole list of go things ahead. you interrupted me from I'm so because sorry. you're a beautiful woman and you're very self-aware and you're very funny and you're very silly and you're Thank very you. down Thank for very so many things then it's 100% excusable. I love it. I think it's great. Oh, I'm so glad I'm my not... favorite heart-filled thing is excusable. Oh, Did no, that just I'm shut off? Excuse. Slapping again. Sorry if the video went out. We're we should using explain. a method of recording that is not Yeah, the orthodox. video is going to be going out every so often because the camera cuts out at like, I think it's 24 minutes. It seems like it's 24 minutes, yeah. So we're at uh, minute 25. And we're yeah. doing our best to pay attention to it. I'll actually set an alarm for the next one. So the video will be a little blinky. Anyway. Okay, so back to um, the sub. I just wasn't ready for so many high fives on the podcast. And I'm truly doing it from excitement coming well, from I my love heart. That. I'm not doing it to make to be 
doing anything. I love it. I, I mean, why would I be doing that to 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 seem cool? Because you've just explained why it's obviously not cool. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I just wasn't. I mean, I'm wearing the sunglasses. I'm not saying to seem you cool. shouldn't. I'm just saying I didn't expect so many so many high fives. All right, I'm sorry. I'll hold my excitement <laughs> in. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll hold s- your excitement. I'll in. suck it down no, right into no, my no 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 never do pelvic that. floor. Never do that. In fact, doing that is worse than thinking a high five is cool. Sure. <laughs> Great rating system. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, so Joe hit me about... up and was like, holy shit, we got to buy And I said, I'll take care of it. I'll do it with Alana. And then Joe hit me up later and was like, oh, dude, you know what you guys should talk about? You guys should talk about how you both started doing YouTube stuff. Can I tell you a secret? What? Joe just wants us to talk about this because it involves his wedding, and he wants us to talk through what a great, beautiful <laughs> wedding what? he had. I doubt he thought. I doubt he thought that at I all. I know he would think that. That's why the joke <laughs> fucking hits. It um. slaps. <laughs> okay, let's high five for that. <laughs> anyway, um, so, uh, I mean... I don't think he meant, like, how did we meet? No, no, no. I'm making a joke. Okay, oh, so okay, back okay. to the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've talked endlessly about how I started in this fucking thing. Industry. I don't even know if it's an industry. Is it an industry? Yeah. I don't know. I've talked about it a million times. But mm-hmm. Joe had a great point. That's a very interesting topic. And so. I'm very glad I'm, you brought your beard comb. Why? I just like that you use it. I do use it. Looks cute. Well, my beard's getting bigger. I've, I'm definitely getting a quarantine beard. I'm so sorry to tangent us. No, that's we okay. This is just who we it. are. We're I just two fucking it. tangential humans. We're two tangentials. Um, but anyway. Uh, so let's talk about it. Yeah. So, but I've talked endlessly about it. So I'm actually pretty fascinated. I know we've talked about it. In, but you probably don't know that but much, But I don't know do that much. Yeah. So Alana Ficus, you have quite a history in the YouTube space. And you've worked with Duh. quite a few YouTube names. Duh. So why don't you talk about how you started in this industry and then give us maybe like a couple of interesting stories, if you would. Oh, yeah. And we'll just kind of do a little history of Alana. I love this. I have an album on Facebook called History of Alana. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) So do I. (laughs) Oh. Before we, it was before we met. Oh, that's fine. Uh, Okay. History of me in the YouTube space. Like, well, how did you get started? Like, what? Ha- like, you went to film school. I went to film school, and after film school, I was thinking, oh, shit, now what do I do? How do I get into doing anything? And what did you want to do out of well, film school? I used to think this was a flaw. I wanted to do a lot of different things, and I couldn't make... I didn't have one specific direction choice, I used to think that was a flaw, but then I got older and realized that will never leave me. That is always how I will feel about life. And I have just found it to be an asset in the ways it can be helpful for me. Yep. So I, w- I was feeling like, oh, so many things I want to do and I still don't know all through college and now college is done. I said, oh, I said, hey. um, what I did out of college, which I think was really great if anybody's in this position, is I had set up like, I think it was like six months out of college. I had another little course I was going to do that was... I picked one that was in Europe, and fortunately, my mom allowed me to do this because my grandma paid for some of my college. Thank you, grandma. Shout out to grandma. Thank you, grandma. She saved some money from when I was little and surprise showed it to us later, and it was like, oh my God, I can finish. Your mama's mama? 
Yeah. And it was so nice that it um, obviously was a really big deal because it allowed me to not take loans, thankfully. And what was her name, your mama's mama? Uh, Katie. Oh, Katie. Katie. Well, she was married quite a few times, so. Okay, we'll just call her Katie. <laughs> yeah. don't, I don't need to talk it's all okay. my don't parents' worry about family's that. <laughs> names. Um, so you went to Europe. <laughs> so I, I had set up a little course to do six months after I finished college, and I finished in December, so six months after for me. Would be, and I also did a school. Uh, went to a school where you could do it all in three years if you did like a year-round school, basically. So I did that also in hopes to save money. So I felt like, you know, you feel like you need to allow yourself to do things that are going to spend money when you don't have a job yet. Year-round school, like you don't have a summer break. That's or anything? the same thing Owen did. At, yeah. at Brooks. Yeah, we went to the same school, so he would have done it too, unless he took a summer. I guess I wasn't aware of that. I remember hanging out with all the all the friends and stuff in the summertime. Well, they're still in town. Well, yeah, they just but have we class. did summertime an- antics and, and yeah, shenanigans. just like you do in the summer even when you're in school. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> Those sweats are dripping down my elbow all the way down to my wrist, and it's well, weird. Well, I'm on the edge of my seat about it. <laughs> all right. So, so I set up for myself to do another additional course that was a little bit more specified and direct and really different also really different from the things I was doing in school, which really helped me because I had all the three years of school learning like a variety of things in one field area. And then I had some focused time to experience a totally different field that interested me. So I could kind of see like, oh, okay, so this is how it feels to do this, this is how it feels to do this, here's how I want to combine them or not, and which one I want to pursue or not. And I think that was really smart, actually. So after I finished that, I came back and was like, dang, son, what am I going to want to do? I'm skipping through a lot because there are really interesting stories there. Well, yeah, but we want to get to the YouTube part. We want to get to the YouTube part. Okay. So, yeah, um, I was just being really, I was doing a lot of really spiritual Alana stuff. I felt like, well, since I have the complete world is my oyster moment, but I also have zero idea of where to step and how to get anything balls rolling. Um, I just used that to my advantage and did a lot of journaling about what I wanted my life to look like and going into specifics when that felt good and staying general when that felt good, like constantly journaling. You were doing like a five-year plan or something? No, no, no. The opposite. Just pages and pages of like, what would make me feel the best would be to work in this type of environment with these types of people doing this type of work, you know, that kind of thing. So you're just doing hypothetical, like, this is my dream type stuff. It's, that's just basic journaling, I think. But um, yeah, that is that I think qualifies as hypothetical dream stuff. I don't think thinking of it hypothetically helps. You have to think of it as this is a possibility in more than a hypothetical way. Like think of what just makes your heart soar and you can't judge it. You have to just let the soaring happen on the pages, right? Um, okay, so, so you I, wrote I was all doing that. that daily loads of that and I was making sure to spend time outdoors and and like work out and stuff to still continue dancing and all that shit because it keeps me happy and I oh knew that boy. by Here then. Here comes those motor boys again. <laughs> round and round they go. There's <laughs> way too many people out right now. Yeah. Well, like, I, 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 you know, if you're an essential worker, if you're going to the grocery store. These guys are moving. The guy on the phone. He's, he's been hanging out with somebody moving things you in know, and out of the truck. You know, a lot of people are moving right now. I think there's just a lot of, we really are noticing the people that are moving because moving right now is like a red flag. But like, also what? I have friends who are moving. Yeah, I know. But I, I think also there's, there's generally the same amount of people moving 
other times, but I don't think the focus has been as intense. I don't mm. think you're going to really pay attention to I someone know, I moving. I feel like in your friend group, like you'll hear from one of your friends, like I'm moving, and that's like, a big deal. Like, holy shit, where are you moving to? But it's like literally right now, I have two friends who are like, oh, I'm moving, be right back. And it's like, what? I didn't even know you were moving. <laughs> I didn't even, like, when was that decision made? And are you okay? And why are you doing it right now? And if it's because it's like shit's getting tough and we got to get out of where we are because we can't afford it anymore, then that makes total fucking sense. And I get that. I Um, wonder if people are moving for that reason. Because I'm sure there are. But I thought there was a legal thing where you can't be evicted. So it's more like a try to talk to your landlord if that's the case. It's true. But um, even if there is a freeze on like rent and stuff like that in certain areas, people still have to like eventually pay that. And right now, if people aren't working, it's going to be incredibly difficult to eventually pay that. So I know people who are like political details. People are like home. I would be home if I wasn't here just because I would love to be home if I wasn't here. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Uh, no problem. Anyway, so I was doing all that, and the reason that I think it's important to talk about those practices is because anytime I've ever gotten something I wanted, that's how I got it. Weird, sure, magic. But uh, so my first job I got was through that process. So I was writing out, for me, when I get really open about what I want, then I can start going into more details and it just naturally flows because this is like weird manifesting talk, but if you go into details in a restricting way, it's not good, it's not helpful, but if you go into them in a freeing, opening way, it is. So I'm not gonna go into detail on those details, But you're talking about your first YouTube job? Yes, but I was doing that. So as I was writing these things out daily, I got really got a really clear vision and and understanding of what I wanted to be working in. And I've always really loved everything that's new media because I like feeling at the forefront of the way culture is shifting and how people are consuming and thinking and growing and developing. And that really fascinates me. And I think you really get to uh, observe that in new media. Currently, new media is like online content, YouTube, Snapchat, whatever. All that shit's new media. At the time, it was more just like web videos. (laughs) I think it was probably like 2012-ish I'm talking about. No, maybe earlier, 2010, 2011. Yeah, because YouTube was like 2007 or something, right? Well, YouTube itself was started in 2006, but it wasn't like a... It wasn't a workplace in 2006. Um, But I'm talking about my story. I think we're in 2011 at this point early 2011, late 2010. Okay, so, and I was getting little jobs that weren't really much here and there doing like photo-related stuff, assisting, whatever. But what was your first like legit job? So I'm getting to that. So what I had, so basically I got, I was at the same time going on all the um, media industry websites for jobs and just like applying to things left and right every day I'd spend a good chunk of time applying to jobs da 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 like okay if you've applied to 25 jobs your day is good or whatever um so applying to jobs and doing that other shit so I was applying to loads of jobs and I heard back from one of them and they were like great we'd love to have you come in for an interview and the job description was so fucking vague but whatever I was applying to shit it was just like we need a shooter editor for something I feel like that's the job posting that ended up going out for decades. Yeah, after the, but like starting a couple years after this one, I like got. even now, was, that's the same one. We're looking for right, shooter, right. editor, poster. But at the time, you got to know that was yeah. a 
that was like not something you had read too much of. Right, 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 right. Um, I'm just saying it's funny now that that's like an everyday job posting still. Sure. I mean, that's not the, the part that's vague. I mean, because that's telling you what you're doing. Sure. But the vague part was like for fashion-ish content, period. Like Fashion content. Okay. For what? For who? For what type of? Great. Got it. Like, all and right. were you into fashion and stuff at the time? Yeah. I almost went into fashion instead of film. So you were I like, oh, close. shit. So yeah. if it's fashion, I wonder what it is. Well, I just, wa- I just was following my feelings and I felt apply to it. So I did. And I got, so I got this response that was like, great. We love this stuff. And I had done some things that were kind of fashion-y. So that aligned, um, come in for an interview, da, da, da. So I came in for an interview and it was with Jenny Fancy who worked at Maker Studios and so we, I went in for the interview and they were like, cool, can you do these things? I, was like, I don't really remember the interview. It went fine. It was like, sure, cool. And she was like, great, we'll get back to you. Thanks, whatever. And I remember thinking when I went in for the interview, the job, I went to the location the job was going to be at. And it was in Venice Beach. And it had, it was like in this specific area of Venice. It was in this specific zip code even. It was this specific type of content. It had like, there were like 50 things on this list that aligned with exactly what was written in my journal. And this is the only job that had aligned like this. This was the only job that actually gave me an interview at this point. The rest just didn't respond. Um, and I was just like, okay, so I'm getting this job because this is what I have written out. And I did not know a Whoa. job with all these qualifications existed. But here I am sitting in one location and realizing everything is this collectively. And there are a few things I didn't quite know that I had journaled out because... I didn't know as much about the job yet. So I just had this feeling of like, I guess I might get this job. So I went home <laughs> and she didn't, I didn't hear back from them for, I think it was like three or four weeks. And I was like, well, maybe I didn't get the job then. Cause I don't, they normally write you back before that. Um, and then three or four weeks later, she's like, Hey, you got the job. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. It took, took so long. long. Yeah. To get back to you. Like, I mean, what I now know is like, it's fucking new media. And there were like, you, you know, oh, do we even want to hire someone yet? Maybe the budget didn't go. Maybe the YouTube grant didn't come through yet. Or maybe we're going to st- completely change everything we're doing because, you know, that's how YouTube was at the time. Like, oh, never mind. Or maybe what we, we need save is this a little instead. money if someone already working here can do that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's one of them. But they just all those things happened. So that's how I got the job at Maker. And then knowing I got the job, I was so like, that was at Damn, Maker. That, that was, was a Maker, Maker job. Maker Studios. And so this was, so this was, was Kasim there at the time? And a lot yeah, of those Kasim guys. Yeah, one of the OGs. He's one of the original, he's one of the founders. So did you know who any of these people were? No, I didn't know anything about YouTube as far as earning money off of it. I didn't, I feel like I had faintly heard that that existed, but didn't really believe it or think it worked that way like I was like oh sure if it maybe gets you a different job or something I didn't really know that world existed at all but I was very aware of the world of digital media like you know magazines were doing a lot of like video content at the time that they would host on Vimeo or something and put on their websites Um, so I knew that short form media for a company that paid you existed yeah I didn't know about YouTube didn't know about these YouTube celebrities or whatever uh, came in and had the the job. And so were you like, once you were in it, were you mm. like, oh, this is where I want to live now? Like, or were you just like, this is where all the money's coming from, so I'm just going to stay here? Uh, 
I think you and I both know there was no money coming from well, that. But so that I could not have well, been my feeling. Totally, but even at the time, I'm sure any money was money, right? Well, in hindsight, this is not a jab against Maker. This is this is a realization of myself not understanding how business and jobs work. The title of this episode is going to be Alana Talks Shit About Maker. <laughs> well, in, in hindsight, I was really paid like shit for longer than I should have been. Like, sure. You know, there's some period for like, this is a brand new industry and we are a startup company and we're kind of figuring out what we're going to do and we're going to pay you really little, but that's just what we can do right but now. Like so if you want the job, you can take it or not. And so at the beginning of things like that, that's the thing that happens. I think people are pretty used to the startup conversation these days that it kind of goes like that. And you have to just be like, all right, I'm investing for the longer term of this job. But I kind of allowed that to be consistent for quite a few years for me. But did you have other options at the time? I Were you like, I, I can make more money <clears throat> if I go this, if I go elsewhere? I've never been money minded. And I frankly do not have a lot of education when it came to money, how to handle money or like even job stuff. Like what to, I, I knew all the emotional things about jobs. Like when you go into an interview, this is how you talk to an, a person in an interview, but I didn't know anything about like after six months, you should, if you're doing a good job, talk about getting a raise or like if you are doing this type of thing, here's a way to, to do more projects for them or here's a way, you know, I didn't know anything about being in a job. So you were being, were you being helped to live here? Yeah. Okay. Well, at that point, okay, okay. I didn't have a job. So of course, yeah, to be so, living here, I was so, on my friend's couch and okay, I was okay. not paying rent. And then she had a room open up and so she was kind of like, if you're going to be living on the couch and a room opened up and you're not going in the room, we kind of need you off the couch to get someone into that room. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll take the room. Fortunately, it was fairly cheap. And I was just borrowing from my mom. Because to me, it's not, it's not like uh, all of my jobs were like, oh, where can I get the most money? It's like, how can I survive in this town? Yeah. And it's like, I can't take that job if, yeah. if, if, if this other job is like even a dollar more. Because I need to have, I need to afford a car. I need to afford an apartment. I need to afford food. Yeah. You know, and it's like, those things are very important. Yeah. And so it's not like, where can I make the most money? But that wasn't really a worry to well, you. Well, it's not were... that it wasn't a worry. I, I don't know how to stress this enough. I literally did not understand the concept of that being an option. Like, it sounds oh, crazy to hear. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, this is what this is, so this is what this is. I didn't understand. I understood the concept in big business of people, like, manipulating things or getting more money here or there or whatever. But, but you're I, also a girl starting out in the I industry, I didn't understand too. the concept of that being in this type of industry and in the the beginning of your career in it. I just didn't get how I could do something that would, like, even if I had shot a certain thing that that would up my rate, that was kind of, like what but i'm as good as i i'm as good now as i would be if i shot that That's so why like, does it change my rate like i couldn't i didn't understand the idea of valuing people that way uh, not in a way that i understood it i mean they yeah didn't really focus on money surely I mean, it's interesting because it's like that's no comp no place focused on money enough in our yeah. for our generations growing up there's a reason that millennials struggle with money stuff more we were really not really taught even economics very clearly. And no one was taught like to fight for your worth really. Not it until like you such were already Yeah, not until you were already in the workforce. And for me at that point, I already had so many like fears and had self-conscious issues and stuff that like the idea of like fight for your worth was like cool, let me cry in the corner while you tell me that. I mean, I remember it was, like too late to hear that. 
having people come up to me at SourceFed who had been working there mm-hmm. for like a year or whatever, and they'd come over to me and they'd go like, is it okay to talk to you about like contract stuff? And like, cause I'd really like to talk to you. And I was like, absolutely. And yeah. I wanted to be someone that people could come to and yeah. talk to about that stuff. And I'd like to think that I helped out quite a few people, but it really shocked me how many younger people there Felt were that just way. like, here's how much I'm making and I don't know how to get more. And I don't know how to live on and this. And I'm like, and I don't know how to live on this and I'm going to have to leave. And I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to just, yeah, my life's over. Yeah, do you have over. any advice? Yeah, and that's like, how I felt a lot. Break that fucking door down and go look at what I've done for this place. Yeah. And go, if you don't help me survive in the world, then I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm like actually going to cry hearing you say this because this is the type of thing that I really wish somebody had told my younger self. I mean, it's tough. I didn't You're know. right. They don't teach you that shit. And I was, I was in this fortunate, fortunate slash unfortunate bubble where my mom is not super well off, but fortunately I'm an only child and she does have consistent work. And well, she's a doctor. Well, she's a doctor, but I don't like saying that because she doesn't make what you would expect from, That's true. from That's a doctor. A good point. She's That's also good. in Hawaii and Hawaii is very expensive and there are all these lists but that she, go on top of that. you were taken care of. I, I was able to borrow money from her and she would be like, after ever, so long, if I wasn't making that much money, she'd be like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Like, don't pay me back. Just, you know, whatever. But it was always this, I always had this sense and she didn't, she didn't say it in such a rough way, but I always had the sense of like my borrowing money from her was putting her into like a really bad situation. Like she was just teetering. she can't say no to you or something. No, I've had the feeling that she loved me so much and was my mom and wanted to support me that she would be helping me to try to get work. But it was putting her like on the edge of being able to exist by offering oh, me like support. Oh, you think you were... were I felt I had this, her into poverty. I had this emotional feeling that like I was draining her ability to live happily by needing to borrow from her. So it like... In one way, she was really able to help me and that allowed me to do what I thought was right. And frankly, that allowed me to stay in the dark about not asking those questions at work and being like, I'm dying. I need something different because I wasn't at the very edge of dying. I was like just before it. And it felt like if I were to talk to someone, I'm fired. So it doesn't matter. I know. But but so my the position I was in allowed me to to not kind of have to go there, which would have broken me, but also which would have helped me. But on the other side, it also gave me this like internal story that like my inability to do anything is also ruining the people I love's lives. And like it just gave me this to to this day. These are my biggest struggles and issues that I am like spiritually and mindset wise working through all the time are these issues that you're not alone. And I know that's why I'm talking about I don't think I am alone in it. And here come two fire trucks, and I really hope they come right by here. And it sounds like they're going to. <laughs> here they come. Come on through here, boys. This is the fastest way. Oh, that's not so bad. They're not blaring their big-ass <laughs> fucking horns. I mean, the thing is, is, like, a lot of times, and I think this applies also outside of the entertainment industry, too, because I worked at quite a few jobs, retail mm-hmm. and otherwise, that weren't necessarily, like, talent-based or, like, um, yeah camera talent based I worked at I the, my only job experience before this was companies where you're just 
you're just hired. Like it has nothing to do with yeah. It has nothing to do with who you are. You're just doing the job, and yes. that's fine. And I really thought that's what work is. Especially, can I just tangent sure, really sure. quick? What I my something I really don't like that was my experience of film school and just being someone who wanted to pursue. Oh, the cam- that means the camera is gonna cut. Hey everybody, welcome to the ads on the Valley Cast. Hey, I'm on the balcony. Still, uh, this whole episode takes place on a dang balcony. Why are you on the balcony for the ads, Steve? Well, because I wanna. We're trying to get this up quick, okay, you guys? So stick with me here. Let's talk about something that we all love very much. Stamps.com. Now, for all of our sakes, we need to avoid crowds any way we can right now, guys. But what if you need to go to the post office? Uh-oh! What if you need postage to send out letters and packages? Don't worry. Stamps.com is here to help. How? Well, anything you can do at the post office, you can do at stamps.com. Print postage on demand and skip those lines and crowds at the post office. What? Plus, you can actually save some time and money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Guys, that's right. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer in the safety and comfort of your own home, office, or anywhere else you're hunkering down. Right now. Whether you're a small business sending invoices, an online seller shipping products, or you're just working from home and need to mail stuff, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease, ladies and gentlemen. You simply use your computer to print out official U.S. postage 24-7, any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. And once your mail's ready, you just leave it out for your mail carrier. How about that, you guys? And like I said, with Stamps.com, you get great discounts, too. You get great discounts! Five cents off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off USPS shipping rates. And now, in addition to offering discounted U.S. Postal Service rates, Stamps.com also offers UPS services with discounts and rates up to 62%. Plus, with Stamps.com, you won't even have to pay UPS residential surcharges. Guys, Stamps.com is a no-brainer, right? Especially now, saving you time and money and keeping you safe during all these crazy times. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment you just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the home page and type in valleycast that's stamps.com enter valleycast stay safe my friends stay safe and prosper okay so we all know how expressvpn protects your privacy and security online right but here's something you might not know you ready for this charlie You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Say what, Samantha? Now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. I know I have. So this whole week I've been using ExpressVPN to binge Doctor Who on UK Netflix. That's right, UK Netflix. And there's all sorts of cool stuff on UK Netflix, and don't even take my word for it. Check it out. Guys, it's so simple to do. I just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change my location to the UK, and refresh Netflix, and that's it. It's seriously so simple. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think 
you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries, so just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through in other parts of the world. Love anime? Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. Get what we're saying there, kids? But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is it's ridiculously fast. We're talking lightning, kids. Huh? There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD, no problemo! ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want on a personal device or on the big screen when, wherever and whenever you are. So guys, if you visit our special link right now at expressvpn.com slash valleycast, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash valleycast. That's expressvpn.com slash valleycast. Check it out, you guys. You get extra three months of ExpressVPN for free for because of us. Guys, taxes. I'm just going to say one word. Taxes. That's one thing we all have to deal with this time of year, isn't it? And as a business owner, it's critical to know all of your options. That's why you should lean on LegalZoom. LLCs, DBAs, S-Corps, they all mean different things when it comes to paying taxes and limiting your personal liability. There's a lot to think about, guys, and it's all confusing. But with LegalZoom, you don't have to worry about doing all the legwork yourself to find the right answers. They have a ton of resources to help, including their network of independent attorneys and tax professionals. They'll provide the advice you need to ensure you're operating your business the way you want to. And since LegalZoom isn't a law firm, you'll save time and money while avoiding hourly fees. That's absolutely correct, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you need to incorporate, form an LLC, or set up your business another way, use LegalZoom to maximize your business's potential and make your accountant happy. We all want to do that. So guys, get your business on the right track for 2020 by visiting LegalZoom.com and use code VALLEYCAST for special savings. That's LegalZoom.com. Promo code VALLEYCAST. LegalZoom.com. Promo code VALLEYCAST. Ad for legal stuff. I've used it. They're great. They're wonderful. Um, it actually does make things easier and less intimidating, and that's really nice when you're having to deal with stuff that you don't really want to deal with. Legal Zoom, where life meets legal. Trust it, guys. You want to trust some good kids? Trust the kids at Legal Zoom. They're not kids. They're adults. Kids can't work at a place like that. Don't be dumb. All right. Well, that's enough for that, guys. So check out uh, LegalZoom.com and use the code ValleyCast. Thank you so much to our sponsors. And now back to the balcony edition of the ValleyCast. Um, something that I was taught in film school a whole bunch that in hindsight, I'm as an adult working person, I'm very upset with is I was constantly hammered hard as it can. You're drunk as fuck the whole time. Constantly hammered into my skull <laughs> that... Everyone wants this job. Any job you have in the t entertainment industry, everyone wants that job. There are 10,000 people behind you who are willing to take any they'll job do, for half of for, the pay yeah, that yeah. you'll do no matter what. Like it was just really hammered in that it's not about you. You don't supply anything special. You're just a fucking cog. And if you won't do it, someone else will. And you just are out on the streets. It's almost like they're taught to, to, to like, program that into your brain as well, an employee can i be straightforward and it's very it's probably I, true i think it's because a lot of the people who 
there's that old saying, if you can't do, teach. I think a lot of the people who are teaching are not teaching out of the want to teach. They're teaching out of a way to get by and make money. And in hindsight, those people feel that way about the job. And so they're hammering it into the people they're teaching when like that's that might be true in some cases and for moments in your life. But I think thinking that way will only hurt you. You have to believe that you are worth more and that you can do a better job. You have to believe in yourself to get anywhere. But not only that, like not not just believe that you're worth you're worth it and you could fight for your position and, and, you know, try to get more out of your job so that you can survive. It's also kind of about uh, it's about this ambulance that's about to come by. Yeah, come on through, boys! Yeah, I was pointing the way out. I hope everybody's safe and good. Well, yeah. Me I like too. to do a little prayer when I see those boys go by. <laughs> I like to say a sa- a saint's prayer. I like to say a little prayer for you. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is is that sure you hear that all the time, fight for your worth and shit. But a lot of people don't talk about how a lot of times employers they don't want to fucking fire you. <laughs> And they nobody don't, talks about that either. They don't want to fire you. It's easier for them to keep it's you. It's so much easier for them to keep you. But the intimidation tactics and the pressures that they're getting from their own supervisors and the hierarchy of that whole pressure system causes them to behave in the way that they do and make you feel the way that you do because either they're being told that's the way to fucking pass it down the line and keep people in line or because yeah they're not really teachers they're just trying to make money and shit and they're like what's the best possible way to make the most money don't spend the most money and right do good fucking, business they want to do right. business well but, but i think for a lot of people listening to this and again and the point i'm trying to make too is mm. outside of the entertainment industry also like if you work in the service industries or the retail industry whatever if you work in customer service or any kind of job where you're kind of you feel like a cog in the machine and you feel but you also feel like you are worth something and you do good work then absolutely you should fight for yourself and also think about the fact that they don't want to fire you. They don't want to go through the process of hiring a new person. They don't want to go through the process of the errors and all the things that that new person will go through and cost the company while they learn all the shit that you've been doing for the past three fucking years to a T, clockwork, whatever. They don't want to do that. They really don't. They don't talk about that, obviously, because they don't want to give you that power or it's not responsible to try to give you that power. But if you truly believe that you're an asset to a piece of something that you're a part of, absolutely, and you, you're you struggling, you can't survive, then absolutely fight for yourself and absolutely understand that nine times out of ten, they don't want to fire anybody and they'll probably, you know, at least hear you out. Yeah. Well, I think the overall what we're talking about is old business not to say it's not still practiced in a lot of places i mean we live in one of the forefront cities in the u.s in la la and new york i feel like are moving very quickly all the time those are the the big cities are always moving the fastest so they call it the big apple (laughs) so being in i'm not saying that everywhere in the united states even for all those places this is old business but i do think as far as kind of like mentally where our society is at that those practices that you're describing that's old business like i think business has really evolved and we have a a much better understanding of all of that as a culture people who are my age when i was in that job are much more understanding of those things now in general i mean it's going to continue to go that way but i think mostly what we're talking about is some very old business practices that will 
end when that those generations kind of step out of business for I'll sure. I'll tell you this right now. In the next 30 years. The Valley Folk doesn't do any of that bullshit. Exactly. Any and the Valley Folk is comprised of people who worked in, in the beginnings of this industry, yeah. just like you did in the maker days. And we learned quite a few things about how to and how not to treat your employees. And um, we have done our best to not do that. And being a bo- being like a supervisor, a boss, a CFO, whatever the fuck I am in the Valley Folk has really taught me how absolutely it's hard to be a boss and absolutely it's hard to run a business. But you have sympathy for the people on that side. I have such sympathy for people on that side. I I was in the trenches with you guys when I first started out and it was a lot of work, but if I was good at my job and I did good work and I made good shit, then I felt like I deserved the things that I deserved and I deserved to at least survive in this fucking town if I was going to be making someone else's wallet fat essentially right and but even that concept i didn't even get that i mean it took me a while it certainly took me a while but it wasn't you, an instant the difference thing. is you being in front of the camera you are uh not cuttable you're not an expendable i mean but i didn't believe that for a long time i didn't get that for a while I didn't feel that for a while because, look, I, I felt like I lucked into every position I ever landed in in my life, mm. including the Sony Pictures job that I got from literally winning <laughs> a contest. <laughs> I didn't graduate high school. I didn't go to college. Like, I got to luckily work in an industry with all of these amazing, highly educated people. And here I am doing wacky shit and somehow making it through. And it wasn't until the source fed days deeper into the source fed days. I don't know exactly when I could probably figure it out, but I don't know it off the top of my head. But one day I realized that I made a lot of people happy and I made a channel very popular along with other people. Obviously it wasn't just me. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm not living comfortably. I'm not happy with, with what I'm, I'm not happy when I come home from work. What do I need to do to make, to fix that? And I realized that I was worth more and I fought for myself. And then I got to a point where like it, it worked for me Yeah. and I wasn't going to settle for anything else. It took a long time. And I, you know, I'm an older guy. I'm like the oldest of a lot of crews I've been a part of. And you know, it took me a long fucking time, but I did my best to pass along that information to the younger people that were coming into the industry. And I did my best to help my friends um, because they don't teach you this shit. Right. <laughs> they just fucking don't. Um, but you struggled through this shit for so long mm. and you still do, I mm-hmm. think. <laughs> and unfortunately, but I think the fortunate way, the way that I look at that and I think it's a good thing. And I don't know why I feel compelled to say this is I'm so clear strong good absolutely solid in uh, all the other categories of my life i mean everything fluctuates but generally speaking i'm quite set and good it's just this one area that has been my main struggle area my whole life and i think a lot of people have that one area that's their their more difficult area that they struggle with most that inevitably is also the area that teaches you the most lessons that you see the most growth in because you have so much low you get so much high like certainly this is that area for me. So I don't think of it as this like dark spot in my life, but I do always think of it when I'm wanting to like 
grow and shift and I do have a lot of struggles still in this area yeah and as do I and I think as do a lot of people yeah. in, in in our peer group that all do this shit and um it takes a lot of time and a lot of work to get to a place where you you eventually feel comfortable and a lot of people don't even get there yeah. and um I feel very fortunate to be comfortable um but I also feel like I earned it, you know, and and um, and I feel like I learned a lot from people who who struggled also. Yeah. And uh, and it and, you know, you just listen to those people, you know, just listen to those people. And they got a lot to say. And, I, and also, like, you know, I, I used to give people this piece of information of advice too when they were feeling like things weren't fair and, and it and it sucked that this such and such person was being treated this way and I wasn't being treated this. and once you get into like the real nasty stuff of like a group team environment um, I used to to tell people to play the game to just play the game a little bit better or yeah. more or at all and by that I mean comp make compromise compromise a lot and understand that it's not all about you and there's a lot of other people that are all trying to survive. But I think it's not just that because I was in your initial comment, I'd say I'm in that category because one thing that did not work in my favor it was for in all this stuff is I've always been really rebellious by nature because I've been That's that's a big problem. But let me explain to you why it's different <laughs> than the second half of what you said. I've been rebellious by nature because I've always been really, I'm one of those people who's been really like an activist, like really driven by making sure everything is equal and good and, and everyone gets their due credit, et cetera. Like that's always been first and foremost to me. And I'm not somebody who puts myself above anyone else. I give myself equal credit that I deserve to anyone else that's who good. deserves whatever. If somebody did more than me, I'm the person in class who's like, you know what, teacher, this person did more than that's me on great. this. Like I've been the one who's, there's something deep inside of me. I think there are certain personality types like this that I am just beyond driven in that way. And I'm really a group-centered person mentally in that way as well. So when I was working at companies like that, I would always have the end result, the end product in mind. Like if, if our purpose here is to make this and this video, to do these things, to make people happy or to educate in this way or whatever the purpose is, like if our purpose is this, that's what all of us should be aiming towards. So when I say I was rebellious, I was rebellious against, unfortunately what happens in like business situations is a lot of people don't have that end result in mind. They make choices based on selfishly like, well, this will make me look better and make everyone else look bad, which will make me look better. Or this will get me more money in the long run. Or I'm going to kind of lie to this client in this way for this thing to realize. And I'm also really um, observant and clever. Like <laughs> I just am the one who picks up all the little information everywhere. I could be a big gossip, but I usually keep it to myself in a respectful Everybody's way. a little bit of a gossip. Sure. Um, but so I was also the person who could see through all the things that were going on. And I would just get so this is where the rebellion came in. It, if decisions were being made that were not in the were not in favor of the goal, like the end product, the reason we were all there, it really was hard for me to play the game along with people like that like when like i felt when like you saw the ship being steered in the wrong direction well like if the ship is being steered toward the iceberg because it's going to give us uh 
like iceberg insurance money, I, it was really hard for me to get on to board and that. just go with it. Cause I could always see that it was happening and not that it happens on every shoot. And I always carry a good amount of understanding well, that I think there's well, a, wait, let oh, me sure, sure. I always carry a good amount of understanding that the people who are above me making bigger decisions than I am know a lot more than I do. And there are reasons they're making these decisions and they're certainly not all bad or bad hearted decisions. I clearly, I'm very aware of that cause I've learned that lesson and I don't, I don't, I never step on the toes of people who have a position above mine because I know they know things that I don't know that would change the way I see this. However, it becomes really hard. It's like you need to be able to guide your group well as a good leader. You need to be able to explain enough of a reason why to get people's hearts and souls behind doing what they're doing. And instead, it, there were just constantly these feelings of stuff that in hindsight, I know a lot of it was just poor decision making. And it's so sad when you're like, I like you just I can't be strategic when I know it's going to be a detriment to the project or the people involved in the project. Think, like I'm standing up for my fellow man and I can't have that. I think the best way to navigate that is because especially if it's an authority figure, yeah. the best way to navigate that is, is like, OK, well, if I personally have no control over us hitting that iceberg in about two days because we <laughs> our heading is heading straight for an iceberg then how how do i keep the most people safe yeah so, which is what i did so i mean don't it's not like i fought against the iceberg every time i just always had internal struggle because i always experienced what was going on and just a, like i would hate that i had to just sit and do this but thing but there's a that difference sucks. there's a difference between deciding that you want to keep as many people safe as possible while this ship is heading towards an iceberg hmm. but also like being kind of a dick about it like in the sense that like you're 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 being like really antagonistic against the person making that ultimate decision and then being the one that's like the angry like talk backy yeah like, like that's a way to get fired that's a well, way for someone or, to want to fire or, you or it's just one way to like be uh rebellious which is not only do i hate that our ship is heading towards an iceberg i'm gonna be a piece of shit to the person that made that decision because there's nothing else i could do but i'm still gonna keep everybody safe but and there's a difference between that and playing the game which is still being a supportive team player and even though you know it's a bad decision from your supervisor or your the authority the authority figure you still put an amount of trust in them that that they know more than you do. That well, not just that they they're know making more than this choice do, for a reason, but that you're, but that ultimately, even though you're not okay with it, you're still gonna help them achieve the goal that they're largely working towards. Right. No, I think, and you're saving all of the people. Right. And I think that if you can find, uh, if you can, if you can steer your own ship towards that goal which is playing the game which is being a good employee being a good team player but also looking out for the people you know that will be affected by the decisions the authority figures are making then i think that's the key to making it through a company like that sure and for the record i think it's important that you said all that but i definitely fall under that i think if you asked anyone i've Probably, well, that's great. I'm if glad you watch you anyone I think I've ever worked with, asked anyone I've ever worked with, they would say I was a 
a picturesque employee. That's awesome. I mean, I don't think anyone has ever experienced what I felt in my heart when I was upset. But that's what you take when you hear enough people say that. And I know people listening to this have heard people say that. Say what? That you're a good employee or you're a good person or you're good to have around or like you keep us the morale up or whatever. Uh Whatever it is that you individually hear that is a positive piece of feedback, you're hearing that because it's true. Like, it's hard for people to do that. Wait, what do you, how does that relate to the conversation? It relates to the I'm conversation because it, <laughs> it brings you back to your worth, right? It brings you back to if you're the kind of person that is rebellious and yet you don't, you, you don't have the opportunity to steer the ship in the right direction, but you're going with the flow and you're following the ship, but also you're an asset, also you're a good employee, then you're armed with so much more than you think you were armed with. And, and that's this, you could have and to make it personal. You could have said that same thing to me then, and it would have been a surprise to me. I know, and that's <laughs> the, that's why it's helpful to talk about this. Sure, stuff. yeah, because need to know I that. know that you're listening to this. Whoever's listening to this, and I know you feel this to some degree. That either you're upset that you're not making as much money as you should be making, or you're not able to survive, or you're worried about the future. Just understand that you are a unique person that has a unique skill. And you are the only one that has that. And whatever that is, you have to find it, work towards it, hone it, become a pro at it, and then understand that that's what's going to keep you relevant and and important in a company or in a business or whatever. I'm learning right now. Great. Thank you. I think the difficult, if I was to just say what maybe some people might be thinking because certainly my younger self would have thought this Think, thinking about the position I was in back then even though I do think I was a, val- a really valuable asset in those ways that I can now see that I couldn't see then because that it's funny what you described is exactly what I think I would say I was best at even in high school I had an actual title to be somebody who kept morale up um, same yeah. Oh, dang. At Sony, I feel like it was the only way. I that was like job. your job. That was your big it was it. thing. Yeah. Your actual job, like yep. secret under the table. Yep. I would say similarly to me, I'm good at that. And I'm also really good at guiding, guiding the smaller ship, if that makes sense. Like, you know, the overall people are saying we need this, this, this. But in new media, things can really fall apart easily because there isn't a really clear person who's guiding it. I was really good at guiding the smaller ships as well. Mm. Those are those I'd say were my two assets. However, I really think for at least for new media at the time, because everything was so new and potentially scary to a lot of people who even were working above me. What's happening? I hear like a chirping or something. I hear it, too. It doesn't sound organic, though. It sounds like someone's making that sound. Oh. Oh, well. Anyway, sorry, continue. Um, I don't know what I was saying. Uh, At the time, I think, even though that was an asset of mine, if I had gone to the company and said, I think this is what my assets are and I need more or or I'm leaving, if I made it like an ultimatum, I think if they didn't want to give me more, they still would have let me go. Because what was true at the time, that's probably still true in a lot of companies, is the people who were overseeing like who were above me 
weren't always there experiencing my doing that and they did not understand potentially how much of an asset that was it's the type of thing where once you're gone they'll notice big time and they'll well, be that's like when oh you have fuck. to that's when you have to like figure out how to how to make that happen without you having to leave how to show what it would how be like if you weren't there what it would be like oh, that's interesting i never there. thought about that but in, but but not like not well, not by inciting some kind of action or incident or whatever <laughs> but by bringing them data and emails mm. and whatever because like i i used to tell people too when they were coming into SourceFed, save every single email where someone is giving you praise that's so smart nobody told me that I mean, I know. I'm telling you, there's a lot Damn of really it. amazing things like that that really are that are just so sitting in your head that need small. to come out. You got to do a yeah. whole podcast on Steve's who, tips. I can't remember who initially taught me that. By the way, Steve's very good at business stuff. Well, thank you. I, I don't it's know if I'm you great at it. But something you wouldn't necessarily expect from like a wacky boy. A wacky boy, but you, Steve is really good at that stuff. I learned a lot from my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> and from all that you've been through. You've been from through so many different through, yeah. angles. And, and for a lot of peers and, and people I look up to in the industry yep. that have taught me a lot, like Joe and I Harley. Think and one of the fortunate of things you may have had with uh, be, not being in the college mind fuck is that you weren't drilled on this is how it is. Your mind was open enough to experience. Oh, yeah. When you experienced it, you learned on by yourself and you were able to say, okay, this is how it is and this isn't versus some of us who are kind of like fucked into one mindset. I prefer things when we Yeah, way. when we got into it, we were like, oh, this is what this job is making me think, but I've been told that that's not right. This is what it is. Yeah. And then you just get really mind fucked. I don't like it when someone's like, okay, so before we roll, let's do a read through of the script or something. I'd be like, nah, let's just roll. <laughs> let's just roll and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely you want to be able, you want to make sure that if you're afraid that you you coming in and asking for better treatment or more money or whatever will result in them firing you anyway, but then they'll see how badly they need you. Just make sure that you show it up front. Show it up front. Mm. When you go into Such that meeting, incredible advice. when you go into that meeting where you're where you're like I need I'm demanding more things because I'm important. Make sure you come in with some materials. Right. You have to prove that somehow. You know? And it's so I think even just hearing that and recognizing that at at least at that age will just give you so much more confidence in what you're doing. Like even if you don't go and have that meeting or not yet, just recognizing that really pulling that knowledge and realize taking a minute to realize what an asset you are yeah. is going to change your entire demeanor and oh, yeah. how you feel in it's the job. It's wonderful to look at. Like if you're really compiling all the emails where you got praise, it's wonderful to like s step back and actually look at that and be like, you know, if it's three, if it's six, it's like, holy shit, this is three emails where someone said something really nice about me. And hopefully it helps with an outlook of your total, your total self. You yeah. Know? And not even just nice about you, but like, Oh, here I'm able to recognize that I do a uniquely good job in XYZ areas. Right, and understanding... Not just the personal stuff, but like, oh, here's how I am being an asset that I don't realize because it's what I naturally do. And not only that, not only is it here's how I'm being an asset, it's here's how I'm being an asset to that person. Because that's important too. If you got an email from a respected producer Oops. in your studio... 
then that's way better than like Joey you worked with for six months or whatever. Yeah. But Joey you worked with for for six months might be the guy you're working with for the next 12 months, you know? And so you want to make sure that like you're taking a piece of what everybody, all the feedback you're getting and, and evaluating that as a, as a, as your tool set, essentially. Like I work well with this person in this way. This person thought I w- did well in that way. And then take a collection of all of those ways that you did well and put them on a list and be like, okay, these are the things I focus on. These are the things I get better at. These are the things that I I am like, these. this is my heading. Yeah. You know. So smart. Whatever. Anyway, Alana, what a wonderful podcast <laughs> I feel we like had. we just barely skimmed the tip. <laughs> We're talking about like my first day on the job and that's it so far. Shit. <laughs> no, it stopped. I told you the alarm went. It stopped we recording. 20 minutes? That's what that was? 24. Shit. Yeah. All right. Well, Did you roll anyway, it or just turn it on? I rolled it. Oh, okay. um, all right. So listen, thank you for. <laughs> it's really great to work with this camera, I right? Know, now. We got to figure this out. We're not. Listen, we'll grab one of the cameras from the office or something for the next. No, one, you need or, like a webcam. I just don't know. How do we do it? No, we. How you do we use do a it? C three hundred. That's, oh, that's why. And that's a big old camera. That won't be good. In we'll the figure sun. something out. I'm <laughs> I can help you because guess what? That's my that's actual your, job. Okay, great. Well, you help me figure that out. I know the audio stuff. Um, well, anyway, guys, thank you for listening to this uh, introspective version of the Valley Cast. Yeah. And if you guys. Alana's life I'm in sorry the industry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I thought you were ending that comment and I interrupted. Um, if you guys have any more questions, I would love to have questions. If you, especially if anybody's actually curious about this, I would love to talk more about this. You know, like continuing, yeah, well, there's continuing a comment, the story and the learnings. There's a comment section on this video so please, when it yeah. goes up on the ValleyCast channel, youtube.com slash thevalleycast. And that's where some new podcasts are going to be living very soon, too. So get ready for that. So if you want to talk in the comments with Alana about it, Alana, I'll point your direction to the uh, to the ValleyCast channel where you can talk to people and everybody can share their stories, too. But yeah, again, there's a lot of information we talked about here that rarely is talked about in areas where they should be. Mm-hmm. And it, we're happy to share this information and mm-hmm. share our, our knowledge base thus far in this industry we've worked in and yeah. beyond. And we hope you learned a little something. Yeah. And maybe you guys can all share some little tips and tricks that you guys all know, too, in the comments. And you guys can spread the love in your way as well. And if you, I mean, the reason I say the common thing is, I mean, I'd love to respond in the comments, but I feel like this is one of those things you, it's helpful to have a little bit more depth of conversation, not just Text. like a two sentence respond kind of thing. So if this is interesting to people and you guys would like to hear more, I'm not going to assume the Valley folks. Okay. We could record something. I'm happy with that, but I'll make something if not. Oh yeah. Cause well, I'd really love to talk stuff. more. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, so watch Alana's socials and stuff <laughs> and maybe she'll get something started and yeah, start DM a- me a little uh you know an outlet for people to kind of share industry info and just you know stuff about working in the fucking industry yeah. who knows or working in any industry or working in any industry or just being a human yeah or whatever human things human and work uh we're all humans anyway so thank you all for listening and thank you to thank the patrons you. who thank got you, this patrons. podcast early on monday and uh all sorts of other little special treats um, which you can see on patreon.com slash the valley folk and we appreciate you very much for helping us through this very terrifying time for humanity and we hope you're staying safe and we hope you're wearing your masks and and social distancing and staying home when you can 
And uh, yeah, we just hope everybody's okay and having a great quarantine. And uh, Alana, anything you want to plug or talk about? Or mm-hmm. my social handles are at Love Alana Chan, L O V E A L A N A C H A N. That's all. Well, that's wonderful, isn't it? And beautiful and <laughs> exciting. Well, thank you so much, you beautiful angel, for being thank a guest for on the podcast. To me. We're so excited. It made me feel good to be allowed to talk about myself a little. Oh, good. Well, it'll happen more, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure everybody else appreciated it. But thank you guys so much for listening and watching. And we appreciate you. And we'll catch you next time on the Valley Cast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.